wake your ass up. It's shade four five. No, nobody. The key to a good podcast is drinking an energy drink on an empty stomach. That's facts. And then therefore you have what uh, some may call crackhead energy. And Tony does. Yeah, I've been um, energized all day. On this new fasting, we're fasting all the time. Oh, talk to us about fasting, Tony. How long have you been fasting? Well, today or or in general, like two weeks. Oh, you fucking love your things. Guys are looking sharp. Zach Dingy, Tony Cavallari, Two Three Legs Podcast, where we share business tips, interview experts, and travel the world. This week on Two Dudes, Three Legs. Listen, we're going to talk about today on the podcast. The rebranding of this podcast, the shit that, mm, it's like if we were, like, we're going the, down the highway, like this way, and instead of going straight this way now, we're just going to veer a little bit that way. Yeah. So we're not taking a total 90 degree, but we're taking like yeah. a mm, 30, like off ramp. You know what I mean? Yup. Makes sense? Rebranding of the podcast, what it's going to be about mainly with our guests. Uh, it's not, not going to change drastically. It's sort of what we have been talking about, but I think we're going to niche it out a little bit more. Niche it out. Niche it out. Niche. Niche it. Niche. Niche. Uh, knocking on doors, Ooh. being in sales, being in service. They need to be kicked in the teeth, handle rejection. It's good for you. All of the above. And I think that starts with, uh, well, it doesn't start with it, but let's talk about fasting because that's part of being tough, so to speak. When's the last time you ate? So I've been doing one meal a day and I do dinner. And so the last okay. time I ate was one more 6 time. p.m. Thank you. Bro, what? I'm giving you fucking real answers here. Why don't you shut your goddamn mouth? 6 p.m. yesterday. 6 p.m. yesterday. Wake up in the morning. You get a little bit hungry the first couple days. Now, don't even think about eating until 4 or 5 p.m. Mm. Feel great. All the energy in the world. Mm. Mental clarity. I'm ready to kick indoors and sell deals. For those of you that remember, uh, the OG Tony, if you are an OG viewer and you watched Tony in the beginning, this was Tony most of the time on the podcast. Sleepy, y'all. He's right. So That's now that he's fasting, cured. I actually have a, a co-host. I, I don't know if you guys <laughs> met him. His name's Tony. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be your co-host. Have you lost weight? I haven't fasting? noticed weight loss really, actually. Uh, but I don't think I would notice that after two weeks. But I've definitely gained insane amounts of energy and mental clarity. I've been fasting uh, for I don't know. Like you definitely six lost now. some weight. Yeah, I lost like 20 pounds. Can we insert it. a picture and of fat face Pook? Yeah, just put uh, up the Damon John one. Damon John era. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, thank you. Oh, now let's laugh Any at the picture era. that I'm thinking of. Or the of, one of us. Where his face is wider than fucking his dog's pit bull head. It's huge. So the album cover one where you're peeing and I'm standing by, or I'm peeing and you're behind me. Yeah, you look like you got stung by a bee in both cheeks. Listen, that's you now, so fuck <laughs> off. No, it's not. <laughs> Stop it. What, we we switched. Uh, I don't know. You were you were really skinny when we met when you started in solar when you just lost your leg. Yeah, that's because yeah. you just came out of the hospital. Like dead. Yeah, you were fucking tiny. Actually, funny story. What there when I got my tonsils removed, I lost like thirty five pounds because I wouldn't eat. Those are some big tonsils. And there was yeah. You know, when I was four, they were the size of a fifteen year old's. <laughs> Had nice fat tonsils. They were like, "How are you breathing?" I used to snore like a bear. But anyway, that, there was a picture of me on my fridge. And I didn't know who it was because I lost so much weight. And I used to always ask my mom. I was like nine. I'm like, who's on our fridge? Why do we have a picture of somebody else on our fridge? And it was me. That's hilarious. But yeah, I used to snore like crazy. So I got them bitches removed young. You still got your tonsils? Uh, I guess so. Is that like a thing? Do people usually get them taken out or is that just for me? I a Tinder date three years ago and I woke up with no tonsils. Mm. In an ice bath. Bryce, do you have your tonsils? (laughs) 
I got strep throat so many times when I was young that we campaigned to get my tonsils removed, but the doctor said I didn't have one enough. You know, one more strep throat, I would have got them removed, but I always wish I did because they got infected a lot. I didn't know that. What, what are the tonsils, tonsils even for, bro? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's a tonsil? I got tonsil. One moment, we have our new guest. It's called a laptop. We're gonna. We're this gonna is gonna be it. an educational platform where we teach you things that we don't know about. What is a tonsil? What is the purpose of a tonsil? Yeah, what's a tonsil? What's a tonsillectomy? That's when they remove your tonsils. Tonsil. Are two round, fleshy masses in the back of your throat, part of your immune system. Your Yo. tonsils are the lymph nodes. They help filter out germs that enter through your nose or mouth to protect the rest of your body from infection. Yo, the picture infection. that it comes with is the ideal date picture. <laughs> you should have pictures like that on Tonsils uh, are Tinder. called palatin tonsil. Yeah. Should tonsils be removed? Let's see. What does it say? When I was little, I thought it was the dangly. I thought that was the, I thought the dongle was the tonsil. The old punching bag? What do you call that, Morgan? The pee pee puncher. Mm. Mm. The flap for your neck, the, your the little dongle. I thought throat it was called dongle. a dongle. <laughs> no, oh, isn't it, we what's do know what it's name? called. It's it a weird a, word. It it's a like a ea. euphemism or a eulogy. No, uvula. There you go. Oh, I'm good. There you go, Morgan. Okay. Why do you have no shoes on? What is wrong with you? You and Bryce always We're in this on place. Vacation. This yeah. life is a vacation. life is a vacation. All right. Mm. So anyway, were we talking about fasting? How did we get so far off of that? I don't know. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like, don't. You should get your tonsils removed. He's, Zach said he lost weight because he got his tonsils removed and that he was comparing that to fasting. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I lost like 25 pounds fasting. It's been amazing and I feel great all day. And if you get, I think most people know that once you eat lunch, you're just not productive after that and you get the itis. You get that 230 so if you just There's a whole fucking term for lunch, how tired you get. Yo, people need to skip at least one meal a day. Whether That's you eat breakfast, skimp lunch, eat dinner, or you skip it. breakfast, eat lunch, and dinner, I don't know. I don't think we should be eating three meals a day. Nope. I think that was propagated to us. Um, we come from hunters and gatherers that would eat once a Yo, week. Yo, Kevin Gates says he goes on fucking like 40-day fasts. I want to know how you do that. Cause Kevin Gates be... also said he held his hand over a battery and started it because he asked God to start it. You ever seen that video? All right, well, then I'm not using Kevin Gates for <laughs> anything else anymore. He does 40-day fasts because nah, of does. a thing called crystal meth. Yo, <laughs> yo, listen. I don't know. You, I don't think. He have you like seen that. his latest shit? He looks like he he looks like a fucking. I don't know, like the Pope. He's glowing. His skin looks He's amazing. Pregnant. He lost like eighty pounds. He's jacked. And let's tell everyone why you were getting into that, Zach. Why these things are important, like physicality and like health and fasting. Well, fasting is especially in the beginning difficult because we are so addicted to food. Yeah. And we're so addicted, like our taste buds. It's discipline training. Run our life. Yeah. Like you have to, we, we always need a sensation on our tongue. Our tongue is our whether mouth, you're drinking. Keep your hands busy. Yeah. Um, so I think that is definitely one aspect where if you just stop eating, you're controlling, you're teaching yourself to have discipline. Yeah. Um, and then number two. Well, everybody goes through it. You know, when you eat a meal and then you're still hungry and you're like, I know I don't need to oh, eat. Oh, yeah. But that goes away. Yo, and listen, my problem I don't was, even have those cravings at all. Like I, I am like very slow to begin eating now. Yo, but even once I start eating, it like turns my taste buds on. Yeah. So if I, I just wait, fuck. the longer I wait, the more disciplined I am when I actually eat because I've controlled yeah. the hunger. And you're, you know? more, you're way more the, conscious of what you're putting in your body because if it's just going to be a little bit of something, it's got to be fucking healthy. Correct. I've been eating a lot of red meat. 
I know you have. How's that bad? That's great. I you know, like when it. you're really hungry and you would eat anything and you just like eat it because you feel like your body needs it. Mm. And I'm just thinking about how infrequent I get that feeling. And that's the reason I eat. That's such an infrequent reason why I eat. I usually just Wait. eat because, you know, what I, do you mean? I, eating for, for I, necessity. Eat, I don't eat I don't when necessity. I'm hu- actually hungry. I eat because you think it's time to eat. Right. right. You mm. know, who's got a great rule for that. And I'm forgetting his name right now, how to make a million dollars, buy something for a million and sell it for two. Hormozy. Yeah. So he's got this wow. fucking sick rule. Where he says, uh, you're not really hungry unless you would eat plain chicken. Mm, I've seen that before too. And like for me, I think it's so true because like if you're fucking sitting in your house and you're like, oh, Oreos, I want some Oreos and you'll eat them. But like, no, you're not hungry. You're just, you just want to put shit in your mouth. It's in a, it really us eating three times a day is just an addiction. It's just a form yeah. of an addiction because we don't need it. No, we don't definitely. actually need to eat that much. I operate way better with less food. Yeah. It's incredible. And the less food I eat, the better I feel. Yeah. When I don't eat and I drink coffee, mm. dog. Mm. Or you get on the and rice smoke diet. cigar. Yeah. Oh, caffeine and coffee. The Tate diet. <laughs> caffeine and coffee. Caffeine and nicotine. Yo, but I watched a video of Hormozy the other day and he was talking about how to be uh, efficient and how to stay focused. And he uses Zins. Yeah. He uses oh. nicotine. All right. So, this so is- does Tucker Carlson. Oh, that's right. Remember Yo, let's get sponsored. Yeah. So yeah. this is a good, so we started off in a good direction because that is essentially like what defines your daily grind right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to use as the shuttle for our introductions with our guests as the first podcast segment mm-hmm. is your daily grind. So what other things are part of your daily grind, which you already could just covered as your eating habits. Now, just give me a couple more pieces also, of your daily grind. Okay. Last thing on the eating habit. When you don't eat breakfast or lunch, you also gain like three hours, I feel like, in a day. Oh, my God. Because you have to plan the food. You got to go get it, and then you got to eat, and then everything else, and then you got to digest it before you can work again. If you just don't eat, you have three more hours a day. I just get up and work all the way until 4 or 5 o'clock. Exactly. No interruptions. So Mm. much better. Mm. Do you guys have any differences in your daily grinds, each of you? Very much. I'm in the office still most days where I'm just meetings, calls, using my phone a lot more where Tony's I'm definitely in out in the field more just on my phone driving around just driving through Poughkeepsie just making phone calls that's all I do <laughs> okay. yeah I'm, I'm in the office out? more let's talk about working out uh, I go every morning I today. fell off my gym grind a little bit I've been doing ice baths more than I've been working out now I go to fucking Mike Ortega's sit in the ice bath and then just leave so why are those practices important and then Zach maybe you could talk about why it's okay to get off your habit like Tony just said he has go ahead, uh, well why, why is that important okay here's what I tell anyone if you're having a rough time getting through your week wake up <laughs> at seven o'clock be at Mike Ortega's at 7 30 <laughs> I'll be there waiting for you in the ice bath hop in that bitch for 15 minutes even do three minutes I promise you the rest of your day is going to be really fucking easy if you can do that. It just makes the rest of your day so much better. And, and it actually is proven to. Uh, do you actually work out when you go in the morning? So usually I'll do the ice bath and then I just do like a little cardio to warm my body back up. Uh, I was doing full workouts after that, but I, I haven't been because I'm worried about it making me tired throughout the day when I have a mad work to do. In the last couple of weeks, I've, I've had so much work to do throughout the day. I don't want to do like a heavy lift workout. You know what I'm saying? 
So Tony, you're no. one of your main psychological reasons for it is because you're saying that it increases the threshold on what pain is or what difficult is for the rest of your day to become easier, like swinging a bat with a weight on it. Yeah, it doesn't even work out. He fucking sits like, in a bat. No, the embrace the suck. Right. Yeah, but the workout isn't fucking hard to do. I like the workout. The workout's fun. It's the ice bath that you don't want to do. So if you can, the if, workout though is the physical challenge. You just said that if you do it, you think you're going to be tired the rest of the day. Right, because I'm lifting so heavy. The hard so part. what all I do is I do the ice bath and then a light workout, and not heavy weight, because I don't want to be fucking tired for the rest of the day. You do a light workout like this. Yeah, okay. yeah, I fucking use the arm bike. It's the best thing in the world. Well, Zach, yeah, I swear Zach, to God. Can you say like the, the your opposite opinion of that? Nah, it's not. I mean, listen, yeah, ice baths are I work fucking out most. Hold up, Tony. Hold up, Tony. Don't you say your One workout moment, energizes Tony. you for the day, Zach? That's the opposite of what Tony just said. Correct. If I don't work out in the morning, it's not even the energy. It's my mental clarity. If right. I do not get up in the gym, get up in the gym. If I do not get up and go to the gym, I can't focus the whole day. I just, I feel like also it's uh i've i've been doing it for so long that i have so much guilt if i don't work out that it fucks with me mentally too mm. like i just can't i i just all day long i'm like what am, what is wrong with me i can't do i gotta go to the gym i need to i need to i need to so anyway um in the morning uh the ice bath is good because it's so mentally challenging but i need to work out so like this morning usually i go on a run and then work out as well so like today i ran two miles with abe and then worked out for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Uh, but I have to do something that I don't want to If I just work out, it it's good. But if I run, I hate running. So then I'm really happy with myself the rest of the day because I know mm. I did something that really, really sucks. That's sucked. the ice bath for me. Yeah. That's it. I just can't fucking run. So <laughs> what, I do, what percentage of the experience that you just described, both of you can answer, what what percentage of it is just for your mindset and what percentage of it is for your physical physicality? The ice bath for me is 100% for just for mental. I'm just trying to look good naked, you know? Facts. Like that's it. <laughs> like that's it. No, I do the I do the ice bath for mental and then the arm bike. I do 4 miles on that thing and that's for physical. Okay. So quick, we'll identify any other kind of parts of your daily grind that would basically be a accumulated to be defined as the formula for your success. And then we're going to talk about how did you get to this great position of being, having the luxury of doing your formula for success. Well, listen, I don't believe in the whole, like you have to fucking do a morning routine and write down all your goals every morning and breathe and then take an ice bath and then work out and then come back and eat. And then like, there's a lot of extra shit I think in there, but you definitely should do something in the morning where that you're, physically changing your state like a run a walk a workout breathing pool ice bath sauna something where you're you're physically changing uh, uh the state you're in and then you fucking go to work that's it that's yeah. my whole well, thing but but the way you go to work i think is important like once i'm done at the gym and i'm ready to begin working and start the day i feel like a lot of people put shit off when i'm working i'm doing every single thing I can do as soon as it can be done and immediately like step directly into the storm and fight everything you fucking can. What's the thing about the cows and the bulls where it's like cows. So it's bison and cows, right? Okay. So when a, when a storm is approaching bison will run directly toward the storm because they're smart and they know that if you run toward the storm, right? While it's coming to you, 
the amount of time that you intercept it is going to be a lot uh, shorter than the opposite, right? So cows will run from the storm, and while they're running from it, it's going to catch them, and they're going to be stuck in it for much longer as it passes them. So be a bison. Look at this size of this fucking Yeah, they're fucking huge. Holy shit. Imagine if you saw one of them things. I want to eat some bison. Yo, bison's good. You ever had elk? No. Elk's one of my new favorites. I've been eating elk a lot. Calm down, Joe Rogan. I know. I got it from Mr. Rogan himself. Yo, these things are savage-ass animals. I like to hunt them with bows. All right, so so before we get into what your workflow is like, your inner circles and your support systems that that's your current, that's your right now, I think it's important for people who are watching to understand that you don't just snap your fingers and magically get to this kind of uh this great position that you guys are in so like how did you get here in a short form version like how did you get there like what did it used to be what was the what was it like before that led you here each of you that's a that's a long-winded answer well, in yeah, your adult I mean, life, so what did your adult life used to be like and what kind of changes did you implement which got you to hear okay, this? Okay, so we wanted to talk about this and let's go into the subject for uh, a considerable amount of time. Door knocking. We, I start, when I started getting a job when I was 16 years old, I wanted to get into the restaurant industry because I knew you could make a lot of money in there. And I always used to say, it's the best way to learn how to talk to people when I was really, really young, mm, like 16, smart. 17, 18. And then when I was 18, 19, and I wanted to get into sales, I thought, okay, I've been t- learning how to talk to people at a restaurant for three years now so that I could get into sales. Like that was my whole plan because my father was in sales. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, so I was in the restaurant industry to learn how to talk to people. And then I got into sales because it's the same thing, except now you're making a lot more money. Mm. So I always knew that was the path I wanted to go. And then when I got into sales, I looked at what's the hardest form of sales I can get into to make the most amount of money? And when I started doing different things and researching and trying different jobs out, I found that door knocking is the hardest skill, hardest sales skill to learn. So I wouldn't call it a skill as much as I would call it a a lifestyle dog. uh, Not a lifestyle, a uh, D word. What's the D word guys? Decision. Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. It's not a discipline. It's also it, a skill. Oh my God. It is a dis. You need to be but extremely disciplined to, to have somebody tell you no constantly. So you need to be disciplined to do the skill. Yeah. So it's a skill. Yeah, but it's more discipline than skill. hundred percent. Okay. Anyway, you, I, and then I got into door knocking because I wanted to do something that was extremely hard for sales. And I figured if I do this, I can do whatever I wanted. And actually when I started door knocking, the only reason I did it was because I was telling myself that this is going to look really good in a resume. That's how fucked up my brain. That's how fucked up they make us. I was like, oh, I'm going to do <laughs> this they? so I can look good on a resume for later on. That's funny. You know? And then same reason why I got into management. When I got into management, I was like, at the end of the day, at least I can say I was a manager. Yeah. It's weird how we're programmed to be like that. But anyway. Um, my trajectory is a little different. I got into this. Well, because Noel introduced me to it, but the whole be your own boss thing, <laughs> fuck yeah. When I found out I could make my own hours and work whenever I wanted to, it's just so different going from somebody telling you when you need to be, where you need to be, and what you need to be doing all day, to you get to make all those decisions. Now, instead of working 
for someone for whatever, 50 hours a week. I work for myself and I do it 60 hours a week, probably more, but I love it because it's on my terms. I can work whenever the hell I want. So that for me was huge. And once I fell in love with the job, um, you know, I obviously wanted to move into that manager position. So now I'm in an, an assistant to the regional, which is a, my favorite thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so, so Zach, why don't you pull up something that represents uh, maybe Plug PV website or maybe the Google Classroom or something, or maybe a, one of your favorite videos and play it on mute uh, that relates to the business. And then maybe you guys could talk to me a little bit about um, like the struggle that got you to here. So some of that struggle and door knocking and ex and maybe hit a couple of hot hotlines about what what someone can be like if you're trying to sell me to be a rep. All right. I don't want to bring up anything on here that's uh, okay. our training stuff, but what? let's talk about door knocking as a whole and what what you have to learn to be good at door knocking and why it's so important for our lives. Like we said before, and Mark Cuban said this, that everyone should be in sales at one point of their life and specifically door knocking. And there are so many people that have made an absurd amount of money that started in door knocking door to door sales. True or false? So true. So true. Uh, Tony says it's true. So it must be true. He's Google. Um, but door knocking, it teaches you how to handle rejection, which I think is the most important. And I think we're unbelievably scared of that. Like most people's biggest fear is public speaking. And I think that's another, that's like a slightly off of uh, uh, being rejected or being like made fun of or embarrassed. Mm. So going door to door is that in a one-on-one -on -one sense compared to, you know, speaking in front of hundreds of people, but we get told no 90% of the time and only get told yes, 10% of the time, but right. the 10% makes us so much money that the 90% doesn't affect us. And if it does affect you, that's how You're you not wash be out. successful. It reminds me of the Michael Jordan quote where he's like, I'm not successful because I made this many shots. I'm successful because I missed this many. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. Sounds like a poster Zach would have in his bathroom. Mm. He reads it while he poopies. Mm. I'm not a motivational quote kind of guy. I don't got any of that stuff. What are you talking about? <laughs> he literally made his own poster. <laughs> it's in the office upstairs. I love it. Um, yeah, so being able to handle rejection, I think, is extremely important for any buddy but especially if you're in your if you're in college or just coming out of college uh and you're looking for a job i don't think there's a better thing to get into than door knocking or just sales in general but i like door knocking because you get so much rejection and i think today in this world we're just bunch of bitches uh everybody's a bunch of soft bitches yep that's what i like so yep. you're not yep. only yep. going to learn about an industry yep you are going to learn about yourself. You're gonna find out who you are real quick. Yo, you know what? Do you ever see the video that uh, with Tate and Aiden Ross and Tate and, uh, Aiden Ross is like, well, I like to smoke weed and just kind of like think about my own thoughts and that's how I find myself. Tate's like, how about you go get punched in the fucking face and you'll find out what you're made of. <laughs> yeah, It's real. fucking real, dude. Like when you're out door knocking, you know how many people in an interview say to me, I work really hard mm. and they go out and they don't work really hard? 99% yeah. of people. You find out what you're really made of when you go to knock on doors and the first nine doors tell you to get the fuck off their property. Yeah. And then on the it's 10th door trying. to still smile and to still be happy to be out and knocking on doors and happy to be doing your job. Like the whole key to door knocking, you have to be in a, 
the same good mood, positive mood, positive energy, sharp, ready to go on door 17 as you were on door one. When you get told no 16 times in a row, that 17th door might be the one you sell, but the fucking 16 people before screwed you up. And now in that 17th door, your energy is down and you're not on point. And then you lose that, that appointment. That shit happened to me for like a month. Remember Jill had to take me out knocking because I fucking hated everyone. I was knocking on people's doors like angry. Like, do you want fucking soul? (laughs) Also door knocking will make you lose faith in humanity. Yeah, a little bit. A hundred percent. But it'll bring you back. It's definitely interesting the um, when the mindset of um, the volume mindset that you guys talk mm-hmm. about, but seems to be like la- doesn't get enforced as much in like the guys, like um, you know, not being able to control whether you get a yes or a no, but you are able to control your volume, mm. and and it is actually trackable because mm-hmm. of volume percentages can be reached and met so it's not like oh i'm in a hundred percent commission-based sales job if you actually just complete the volume yeah right. you have to know the numbers right so you have to know how many conversations does it take you to get one sale you got to go how many doors do i have to knock how many people are going to answer the door how many of those people am i going to set an appointment with how many of those appointments are actually going to sit how many of those appointments are actually going to sell so if you do all that math and you know that 100 conversations equals one sale, then now you know all you have to do is get 100 conversations to get a paycheck. And, and if you eliminates. do 200, you get double. If you do 300, you get triple. And the numbers never, ever lie. Never. Right. So that and, they always, them, and they always incredible. get better. The better you get, or sorry, the better the you, you get, the better the numbers get. So yeah. that eliminates the variability. Correct. Yeah. And then is that part of kind of like crusade number two because of what you guys experience, Like... Um, and also, real quick, they teach you a note. They teach you that commission-only sales jobs are bad because they don't want you to go out and make your own fucking money and be your own boss Who, and be able to. I don't understand why someone would say that or why you they say it though, right? They, they say, say it, it all, all the time, time. bro. I it's fucking crazy. interview people. I get on the phone with people. They tell me how excited they are, and I go, yeah. And they go, uh, what's to pay? It's commission-only. Oh, I, I got a family. I can't scared. do that. Have a good day. You're scared. They hang up immediately. Their whole entire thing changes. Imagine. Let me give you. Let me. You're going to work. I'm going to give you $2,000 a week, no matter how hard you work. Could you imagine you wake up no matter how fucking hard you work. If you work 150 hours a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you work six days, 15 hours a fucking day. You're still make two grand. No matter what, no matter how hard you work, you still make two grand. Why do you think that it's normal for society to not try very hard and the lack fucking skills and learning and, and and trying new things all these things it smells like socialism because you get paid the same amount no matter how hard you work where <laughs> if you're in commission only you control what you make and the harder you work and the better you get the more money you make I don't would, think wouldn't I don't that think incentivize that, you to get better as it's that a person black and white, but i get what you're saying yes it is that incentivizes me to get better as a person if i know yeah, the better i get the more money a job i make that's salary based yes Technically, you're getting the same every week, but if you work harder, there's incentivization through. Oh, we'll give you a raise, three dollars more an hour. Right. Oh my or, god. Or a management position, or or whatever, you know. So being that you created this life for yourselves at this age, is that a secondary crusade or kind of an amalgamation of the same crusade, which is the personal development that your guys can achieve through working for this company? Um, is that like warrior? mindset inherent in the job 
and that is kind of what you are on a there was so many big create. words there and you went different places are you in a crusade to create the warrior class through your jobs Fuck inherent yeah. nature yeah our sales team is filled with fucking warrior class aged men no and, are they and are, that, are you turning them that so what i've realized is like that's a good question they kind of have to have it a little bit already yeah uh for sure but like i'm totally okay if you if the person doesn't have it but you're just not going to be part of this company right well you're not going to we just know what we want and we know that well there's only there's to, a certain type of guy who's going to last in the company for sure and you have to be like that. Like everybody thinks, oh, I can go knock doors. It's easy. Sure it is. Physically, there's nothing hard about driving your car up to someone's house, getting out and knocking on their door. But how many times can you hear no and continue to knock? You need to be a fucking warrior mentally. A lot well, of people the, can't really do that. And for the people who don't know what the warrior class is, that's people that would be bred to go to war 100 years ago. Or right. not bred, sorry. They would be chosen to go to war 100 <laughs> years ago when yeah. we went to war. Now we don't have that shit anymore. But between 17 and 27 so young testosterone filled yeah. men who are willing to do the more than whose more lives men. are the uh easiest to discard of basically the people that uh are our the ones who built the fucking the skyscrapers are currently attacking in this country the people that they don't want to exist anymore crazy stat you ready for this stand one stand up for themselves give me the what is it? What am I about to tell you? I have no fucking idea. No, but what do we, I'm going to give a stat. What, what would we call that? This is going to be a figgity flapjack a big, fact. A big you ready for this one? Flapjack fact. Wait, let me let me get the third. Poke is no back, baby. Yo, I think we're getting back to our roots, boys. We're going to the vault again. Yeah. Because that's what warriors do. They go to boot camp. Door to door warrior Street, There you go. Camp. Okay, you ready for this one? I'm ready. You ready for this one? Listening. Okay. Okay, you ready? Uh, yeah, can you fucking say it? Yeah, I just wanted to make you wait a little bit. Uh, <laughs> three major companies. Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street. Mm -hmm. Those three companies, one of those three are majority shareholders of 88% of, of companies in the S&P 500. Yep. So the 500 most powerful companies in the world, or sorry, in America, these three Corporations hold 88%, our largest shareholders, and 88% they control of the S&P 500. Trillion, trillion with a TR, $10 trillion worth of business. That's in 440 this. of the companies out of 500. Yep. So they control 440 of the most major companies in the entire U.S. They control, they have more money under management than every other country other than the United States and China. Yeah. They have more money than every other government and country other than US and China. Mm -hmm. When you talk about they and elite, those yes. are the three people you're talking yes. about. Yes, here comes conspiracy. Those Tony. are the three people you're These talking about. These are the about. people who are trying to destroy the warrior class so they can control us. They're trying to make sheep out of you. That's why they're selling tuck your dick in pants at Target. <laughs> Go get a Bud Light. Hold up, keep going. Keep going. I got one more thing I got to say. No, well, I can't keep I going. I want you, Tony, I want you to- Why did like, my screen just go black? Tony, I, I want, like, I'm a cool guy you just met at the vault. Mm -hmm. I got a sick Rolex. I just pulled up in a Jag. Mm -hmm. What's up? Hey, nice to meet you, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Seeing your little podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's a little, that's what we're going for. I want you to flex on me, like, with your, like, 
your elevator pitch resume of your business acumen, your money and stuff that you're willing to share. You ready for this real quick? Yeah. $1 million in seconds is equivalent to 11 days. $1 billion in seconds is equivalent to 31 years. You know how much 1 trillion is? Oh, it's gotta be like a century, bro. 31,000 years. Wow. So they have 10 trillion. 10 trillion. That's 31,000 years I just years watched a Patrick seconds. Pitt David video about the guy who, who started BlackRock. No, it's not Fink. George. I think it's Fink, but I think it's Jeff. It might be Jeff. Jeff I just Fink. watched a video about it yesterday. It's so funny that you brought that up. It's fucking weird. Me and Pook are always on the same wave. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, we don't yeah, need that to get motherfucker. Away, What's his name? BlackRock's going by a single. We're the real owners of BlackRock. Larry Fink. Larry Fink. Yeah, there you we go. We're both wrong. All right, anyway. What's your real estate portfolio like, Tom? Right now, so I currently own and with partners, mostly my brothers, thirteen doors, uh, wow. five separate buildings. Wow! And it's probably uh, just over like a million dollars worth of property yeah. itself, and we have a lot of equity in it. Actually, Vito and I were just talking about that the other day. We're very well positioned on our properties. Um, Got it. And then, uh, and yeah. What, what's your new position like? How do you feel about the new position with Plug PV? Oh, I love Being it. I actually, the regional. when I first started, like I just <laughs> said, <laughs> fuck you. I hate that. I wish you could just call me the Poughkeepsie manager, you dick. <clears throat> um, but anyway, when I first started this job, obviously, like I said, I wanted the freedom of being my own boss and not answering to anyone. But I fell in love with the culture that we've created so much that I want to work further in the company to, to build our culture our culture. So I started taking on managerial roles and uh, was eventually offered a manager position, which I took, which is the assistant to the manager. I fucking hate that name. Assistant to the regional. Thank you. I'm fucking, what's his name from the office? Uh, But I fucking love it. I love it. I love it. I love helping these other people make money. I can name three people right now who are going to make $100,000 this year because, and I'm coaching them to it. And and that, to me, uh, makes me really, really, really happy. Poke. Why are you so cool? Why am I so cool? Because he can name 50 people this year who are going to make $100,000 because of him. That's very true. That is very true. Or more. Um, For sure. One, I said this before all the time, but maybe I haven't said that much on podcasts. So once you save yourself from the matrix Mm. you all you want to do is go help other people and it first starts with your friends and that's why most of my first office is all my friends because and trust me i went to every single one of them and gave them the opportunity uh some of them just didn't make it but once you save yourself you want to go save your friends then you want to go save your friends friends then you just start getting strangers and new people and you just become addicted to showing people the way outside of the normal way to make money. You get addicted to showing people how to change their fucking life. Yeah, it feels the, like a duty. The amount of, exactly. That's yeah. true. It becomes a responsibility where in the beginning, I'm working because of what I want the watch, the car, the whatever. I'm motivated to go buy things for myself. And then it changed into I'm motivated to make sure these people can get out of provide the provide their family. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it becomes just. These people need to afford rent. And here's the other part of this, dude. This is kind of on the same topic. How the fuck do people afford 
things in this. Like I, I bought a pair of Nike sweatpants the other day. They're $120. What person? <laughs> if you're making $50 an hour, you're a normal person. Bro, no, that's a full day's worth of work hours. for a pair of sweatpants. It's more than that. You can't 10 hours and then you got taxes coming out of that shit. No, you could never buy those. You should never buy those if you're working for an hourly job. Bro, how understand. do people do it? Well, that's how they keep people poor, bro. It's fucked up. Wild. So I will say this. It's tough to make that transition. I remember working a nine to five and there's so much security in it. But what what's that famous line? A a uh Being comfortable don't get you commas. What? That's, that's true. No Riz, no Rari. Uh, no and risk, then, no Rari. No risk, no Rari. I got Riz. Uh, but but what's the other one? Um, a if paycheck you, is... A way to keep you broke. No, no. The paycheck is the medicine they give you. To oh, the paycheck and, is the thing they give you just to keep you away from your dreams or something. Yeah, like I can't remember mm-hmm. what yeah, it is. Something like that. All right, give me some Riz then. Talk some shit. Go on a tangent. Well, Tell listen, I want to say balances. something a little empowering before checks we get and all crazy with it, but... I think I understand how scary it can be to get out and quit your nine to five job, but I promise you it's a trap. You can make money working a better job that you actually like working for yourself and actually making a lot more money to provide for yourself. Like you just need to make the leap, bro. And it for anyone scary. out there, it's not just, you don't just have to knock on doors and do door-to-door sales. No, there's, there's a, a ton of other, other things. Jobs. You could open your own yeah. business. You could hustle. It still does involve sales, but there's a lot of other ways that people can make money if you're willing to risk your it. Your time it's is also, so much more valuable than 20 an hour. Go fucking do something scary. Get an FHA loan. Go buy a house. Learn how to fucking fix it. Rent it. You just made $100,000 in a year in equity. It's so easy. It's You just have to put the fucking work in. Well, listen, the beautiful thing about a sales job like this where you have a uh, full commission is that you don't have to put up all the financial risk up front. The only risk you're taking is the time of, Hey, I might not make money, but if you go start your own business, you have to put up some financial risk. Yeah. So the beautiful part about going into a sales position, that's full commission is the company is going to do the finance. They're going to buy the panels. They're going to have the office. They're going to fucking buy the truck and fix the transmission when it breaks and do mm-hmm. all that shit. You just get to keep the profit in between. So you don't have to put up any financial risk. You can risk the time. You can go take six months and say, fuck this. I, I'm gonna, I say this to all the people that we hire. You have to say, this is going to suck in the beginning. Mm. I'm not going to make money in the beginning, which most people don't because you got to learn how to sell first. But I'm going to take these three months. And if after these three months, I, haven't have it, I don't have it figured out, well, then you can always go back to what you were doing before. There's no, they're going to take you back. There's no harm. But you have to give yourself 90 days to figure it out. Because if you say, let me try this, and then on day three, you still haven't made money, you're going to quit because you thought it was going to happen overnight. Because you're looking at where I am or where Tony is or where your boy is who's hiring you, who's been doing this for nine years. When you start, you can't look at what's going on fucking seven miles in front of you. You can only look at the next step. And you got to tell yourself... I got to give myself enough time to figure this shit out because you're not going to go from $0 to a multimillionaire in, in a year. I know that's a thing on Instagram where people open up Shopify stores and all of a sudden are millionaires. It's that's like the 99% of the people that are selling that are only making money because they're selling the product. Mm. They didn't actually make the store and make money. They're selling you on how to make the store and make money. Mm. And that's how they're making money. Mm, facts. It's true. Do. It's like That's going, why at the end of every video, there's a insert your credit card here. Exactly. 
And that's why we don't sell anything on this podcast. Yeah. And that's why I made real money before I started a podcast. We don't and it figured sell this shit out. But yeah, wait, go, if you go, do want go. a fucking job and you want to make 100K in your first year by working on your own time, come talk to us because we're helping people out here. This shit is real. Showing show panels, baby. Nah, Tony went from laying in a ditch with one less limb to fucking living his dreams. It's facts. Zach, Zach, it's facts. Zach. Go, Poppy. Tell him. Where Bryce just wants at, us to flex. Bryce Where wants me at? to say, two years ago I was laying in a ditch. Now I'm riding in a caddy and my girl called me daddy. <laughs> it's fast. No, bro, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was fucking strung out on drugs trying to paint the floor in a four by four room thinking I was going to have a music studio. And now I'm on the fucking Zoom call with the president of Shark Group talking. He's talking to me about they Facts. can't meet their fucking needs. Talk that shit. You guys mm. fucking pulled up here and invested fucking more than people make in their entire life in a fuck in, in an entire year in building a sales office up above our production studio that in three years we three X our company just to be able to put podcasts on YouTube TV. That's facts. That's facts. You never know what you could turn your whole life into. I was talking to Zach's sister the other day. She's talking, you know, she's a hairdresser. She's a, she, she's in the beauty business. You could, I told her you could do anything. You could, you could, you could all of a sudden fucking 10x your business growth. You don't have to follow the same path that other people do. No. You can do anything you want. You got to just have a creative idea about what you do and apply it. Because now we're at the point in life where you can just make anything happen. And so yeah. many people think it's for like, oh, he can do that, but I can't. Right. That's yeah, for them. Shit. I can't do no. that. That's not for me. There's nothing that, is that the, hard. Bro, the, what, at the bottom of the pyramid at, at uh, uh, doing just your job is where all the people are. Once you step outside of it, the pyramid gets skinnier as you go up. Once you step into a sales job, there's less people around. There's less competition. Once you step into owning your own business, oh my God, there's less people. You start to like open up the floodgates to what is possible. You only are stuck in this bottom level because you're around all the people in that same level. And there's fucking thousands of them. Yeah. Once you go up levels, you start to realize how, how those people, like, here's a big thing. I've realized I've met a lot of fucking rich people now. And I've met a lot of a lot of people in business and in sales and whatnot. Everybody that I've met so far today, maybe other than five total people that have millions of dollars or at least hundreds of thousands, are also fucking stupid. <laughs> like they didn't make money because they're smart. Yeah, yeah. Six nine is the dumbest motherfucker in the world. Yeah. And he has millions of dollars. Like there are so many people. I have friends of mine who own businesses and sell and like the people on our sales team nobody on my sales team has an iq above 12 That's not even true. 12 actually you we can were ask just having bryce a conversation the bryce other day. is a very smart intellectual person bryce how many people on our sales team are smart they all work hard zero not fucking one <laughs> not one Yo, what a diplomatic that is how answer, bro. that is how this shit works shit. you don't have to be smart but no, that is don't. the fucking fallacy that they you sell you in school. You, just you gotta be to be smart willing. to make money. You just no, you don't. To you have willing. to do it because nobody else is willing to do it. Right. That's it. You just need to be willing. You just gotta fucking do it. Like Half Nike of it says. Is showing up. Nike don't pay them to do it. They tell you to die to fucking forget Do it again. I got you. Wait, Zach, who are like five people you have around you, mentor types, or people that you would say, like, what's your like what's your your network, uh, your five closest people around you that you'd say influence you to be great? Okay, mm, that's so a that's a very good question. Um, and maybe they're not in we're talking to you every day, but they're on your list of mentorship or whatever it is. Talk to me. Well, a lot of people are the people I talk to every day. Yeah. Like what we have that's beautiful in our group is 
we've built this group where all of us are rooting for each other to be successful mm. and no one. So like, I know they say you're supposed to spend 33% of time with people above you making more money, 33% with people around you making the same money and 33% mentoring people below you to make I more money. I never heard that. That's fire. Yeah. So I they never say heard you're that. supposed, I'll say it again. Cause I kind of said it fast. They say you're supposed to spend 33% of your time with people above you making more money. 33% with people making the same money and 33% with people making less money that you mentor. So you get coached, mm. you hang with friends, and then you mentor. So that's the three people. Me, personally, I spend... Actually, it's kind of true. I mentor people fucking all day as a manager and teach them how to make money in sales. And then I spend a lot of time with you who we make roughly the same money and Abe and John and Bryce and we're all making roughly the same money. Uh, and then... I think I spend the least amount of time with people that make more money than me. That's what I've always struggled with is finding people. Well, that that's make why we do the calls more money to me. Sony, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of so coaching, valuable. I guess. It's a yeah. lot of coaching. So give me your five, and I'm sure one of them's to Sony. Yeah, so to Sony's one, and I don't spend that much time with him, but he's my coach, and he expands, like, when he talks, you know, we think, well, whatever, I don't need to get it. But when he, he expands my mind. He's above me. He makes way more money, and he shows me how easy it is to make money. And that's good because I can see how easy it is and how he talks about it. So it makes me believe that it is easy. Anyway, to Sony's one, you guys are fucking two and three, and Abe and John are fucking three and four. Or sorry, four and five. Yeah, facts. Um, Mine is very similar. Yeah. I mean, it's it. And the big thing is before Tony answers, it's not even about the money they make, it's about their belief system. Yeah. Like we're all so hungry and so. We're all in the same path of work and, and trying to sell things and build businesses. Yeah. And we all have different perspectives. And all of us but together, the big it. thing is all of us also believe in the other person. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. True. Even we all bullshit on each other like any other fucking group of men do, but we all believe in each other and we all want each other to win. Right. And we tell each other that all the time. By calling you each know. other pussies. Yeah, exactly. By saying you're a bitch, go run a mile. Like when Tony ran his 5K and almost bitched out. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I knew he was not going to quit. And me and Abe are running marathons. Marathons. <laughs> That's facts. Uh, yeah, mine's the same. It's Mark Tissoni, who I speak with. I like to speak to. <laughs> uh, I like to speak to my uncle a lot when I get the chance, but he's such a fucking busy guy. I speak to him like once a month. And then obviously I got you guys who I see on the daily and we're all kind of in the same grind mode. Um, and then I do spend a lot of time with the people that I'm mentoring, which uh, perfects my craft. It reminds me of that quote that I tried to make up, which is like, you know, at the top level, I see, I forget. And then uh, the mid level is the people you spend your time with all day making money, which is I do, I remember. And then I, the bottom level of people who I mentor I teach, I master, right? Let me tell you something too. On that point, bro, when you're teaching and you're helping and you're mentoring or coaching, whatever it is, that is when my energy goes through the roof. When I'm on a call, mm. I could be tired as shit. And then like I get on a call and we, I start teaching them about sales. Yeah, I get excited bro, about I'm that I'm wired. Too. Yeah, I'm wired. I know. I think it gives me energy. Like when you're helping somebody else, the yeah. universe fucking. I work way harder on other people's jobs than I do on mine. bro. Fucking Always. Brennan Rose. I'm talking to the building department in Unionvale, getting this fucking lady's number. I would never do that shit for my own jobs. If it went that far, I'd say cancel it. Next. Well, the big thing is too, like I think it's talked about a lot that you got to be around friends and people that support you. And some people struggle to find people that support them. 
And it's like, oh, you got to go give value to those people to create their friendship is very true. Like in the beginning, I didn't go find friends first. I went and made a fucked up. Well, I started to make, I started getting a path where I was going to make a lot of money and got inside of a company. Mm. And then as I started making money, people wanted to spend their time around me. And then you start to increase the friends that you're, the, the value of the friends that you have and that want to hang out with you. You start to not want to hang out with the people that aren't on that same path. Right. You know, Tony, I think you, I feel like you had a uh, room in there in that list for one more. It, maybe this is a good opportunity to talk about the dynamic between you and your uh, uh, fiance at home and the dynamic of it. Uh, talk about it for a while. Of an entrepreneur like yourself and the dynamic, because that's something that we want to talk about with our guests. Right. Yeah. So you mean like, like what mo like, uh, the dynamic, with so the relationships wife. that I have, well, you had a room in there for Mickey. So I figured you talked about the dynamic with your fiance on being an extremely successful and growing entrepreneur as you are and what your dynamics like and how that contributes to your overall, uh, lifestyle and motivation. And yeah. Mindset. I mean, the dynamic at home now is just provide. So now that I'm at, in a position where I'm making enough money to, you know, become the head of household and provide everything that my family needs. Now it's like Michaela's job is just be the uh, queen of the castle and take care of my household so that when I step foot in my house, there's nothing left for me to do. Right. So I provide everything we need in coming to the household and she provides everything in the house. Does that kind of answer what you're saying there? Yeah, and maybe there's some mindset involved in the, the bond that you two share and what it, however that affects you and your kind of like uh, vision of self or family perspective. Just tell me about what it's like. Yeah, so in the beginning, I tried to say to her like, you know, do you believe there's a leader in this relationship? And she was kind of, she didn't like that idea. You know, and I think a lot of women don't, right? But I believe that men are supposed to be the leaders in a relationship and in a household because it's their job to provide and take care of the family and they can't do that without being in a leadership role. Um, but we talked about it a lot and we watched a lot of uh, educational material about that topic. And now it's very clear that I'm the leader of the household and it's my job to take care of everything. And uh, you know, her job is to take care of the household and raise my children, you know, and she's doing a fucking incredible job at that because I've taken all the other stress out of her life in the same way that she's taken the main stress in my life out of mine, which is taking care of my family. You know, if I had to do that, I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very yin and yang relationship where we take care of each other and you know, she's killing it with the family part and I'm killing it with the Cause you have a new baby at home. Yeah. She's four months now. Yeah. Gianna, she's doing so good, bro. Do you think there's any, uh, I guess that we could get into a, like a couple minutes of maybe debate or maybe perspective. Do you think there's a world in which that dynamic, listen, we only know from our experience, right? So now you've entered this new path of life where now you have a baby at home. So now this uh, couple dynamic that you just described is now present in your mind and that's why it's been now implemented right yeah so we don't know what's the future could hold so is there a world in which that couple dynamic where there's a clear leader mm -hmm. um is there a world in which like the woman loses herself being at home and loses herself yeah like loses her kind of sense of like you know you have a woman who 
You have yeah, a, and this doesn't have to be specifically about Mickey, but you have a woman who, you know, is in college and having fun or maybe has all this like friend group from high school and like does a lot of stuff with her girls and then now complete 180 into a new lifestyle where she's, she has this kind of like full-time job of like managing the, the house. house. Yeah. yeah. And it is a full-time job. And, and, it, and, well, and I think it, the, it lacks the part where like you're out, like part of your job is inherently talking to like a hundred people a day right? and hers is like the opposite. Right. Well, well I think that right danger. now a big problem in the world is the the ideology of the grass is always greener on the other side where there's women who are supposed who I in, in my opinion women should be fulfilled being at home taking care of their family cuz to me in this world there's nothing more important than your family and leaving a legacy and you need a good person at home to take care of your children to do that but i feel like nowadays women uh are not happy with that anymore and they think oh, I should be out living this type of lifestyle, having a ton of fun and running around and doing whatever it is that they think they should be doing instead of being home, having a family. And I think they're finding out too late that that's not the lifestyle you should be living. You know, they're young and they think, oh, I should be out having fun. Like, no, go start a family uh, because that's what is really going to be valuable at the end of the day. You know, when you're 90 years old, you're not going to be happy because you were out shaking your ass on spring break. Uh, but you will definitely remember the time you had with your family at home if you get to have that because if you spend too much time shaking your ass out in spring break, uh, nobody's going to want you. <laughs> now, here's one thing I want to point out, and it's just kind of uh, uh, the only pushback I can really think of is that the things have gotten so expensive in this world that you almost need both parties to work. You know, I think... I disagree. Uh, okay. I Elaborate found so much how. value in having Michaela home taking care of the house where that would have been an expense to me uh, because I need that done. But now that I have this type of peace at home that she has created for me, I can go out and work 16 hours a day, no problem. It's like, it's like that weird thing, you know when your room isn't clean and you can't fucking do anything? And it like fucks up your head. It clouds your oh, head yeah. when your house is a mess or, or your car's dirty. Like I don't have that in my life anymore. Everything at home is a hundred percent all the time because Michaela does that for me, which is the greatest service I can ask for. And now when I'm out working, I can focus on work a hundred percent and I can easily make what, uh, uh, two house, uh, yeah. two earners, two earners can do. Uh, in a regular house in America, I'm doing well over that because I can really concentrate on work and and you know making money. Any regrets for a younger you? Any regrets for a younger you? And what's your message? No regrets. I don't think Zach has any regrets for younger him. Uh, oh, you're gonna tell me I don't got no fucking regrets? Really? I honestly don't think you do, bro. When I look at your can fucking, we zoom in a little more? Your history. First like of all, that. you're still like 14 years old. You're making like a ton right. of fucking money. Uh, for me, regrets. What would I do different? What would I do different? What would I do different? Fucking. I would have saved more I'd money. Drive a motorcycle. Yeah, no, I would have got that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, still. no. Nah, I still nah, got that shit. I drive motorcycle, dude. I swear, to God, man. All right. I wouldn't go back, man. You could have. You can say one sentence to yourself in the past. What would you say? Mm. One sentence. Chief Keith, don't love these hoes. Oh, <laughs> mine would be, show you pussy lips on TikTok, you $8,000. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, seriously. So we have one sentence we can say to ourselves. Damn, that, I would need a long time to think about this. I don't this know. One. I mean, at 18 is when I like really started to fucking figure shit out and start working. So 
I wouldn't say anything. I think all the stuff I did was necessary to do. If I'd say Eli's going to win it in the fourth thing in- inning. Mm, I'd say buy Bitcoin. Yo, facts. That might be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin as soon as you can. That's it. Buy a thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Like that's the only advice I got for myself. Yo, Zach, buy some Bitcoin. Look at me. Look at me. Buy some. Go buy some Bitcoin. Buy ten thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, but also invest your money into property. Yeah, that's well. I don't know though. Like I, I don't know. I feel like I was always pretty good at uh, uh, analyzing and and forward thinking what's going to happen with my actions Mm -hmm. and like thinking about things before I do them. Yep. So I was always pretty decent at like not making huge mistakes, you know? Yeah. Now, did I do a bunch of little shit that I shouldn't have done? Maybe, but sure. also it's life experience. So like, I think, are you supposed to ding dong ditch and get caught by the cops at 14 years old doing stupid shit? Like, I, yeah, that's part of life. I yes, think. agree. I don't think that's regrets, you know, like you got to do no that kind regrets. of stupid stuff. Um, but would, I never made any major, major mistakes where like they've. Wait, I want to open this up to everyone who's listening. What would you tell yourself if you could say one sentence to yourself in from 10 years ago? What would you tell yourself? Just hold on. We're, we're going, going home. home. Better be good. All right. What are we doing? Are we wrapping this up? Well, we were on a good thing before and then we got off of it, but we don't need, we don't need to do a 30 minute debate about household duties. I think we should. It wasn't a debate. Women deserve no, less. No, we can, don't have to start one. <laughs> Okay. So, all right. So, for the wrap up, right for the wrap up, literally only five minutes before we move on to our next uh, work workload here. Uh, what can we talk about? Um, what types of guests we're going to have on? What the format is for the show? And what we're going to do moving that was forward? Good. We're going to do warriors, entrepreneurs, serious entrepreneurs survivors business gurus business gurus gurus. we just are going to try to provide a lot of value to people who are really trying to make it out there and be a fucking warrior and i think we have proven that we have the ability to help people get there i've helped hundreds myself tony's helped many people uh and we instead of doing what we were already previously doing which was interviewing these people and sharing their story which we still want to do we want to go a layer deeper about how you can do it as well and what kind of lessons they've learned and really talk to the people that are around our age group which i think is the most important and also Mm. they're being attacked the most right now yes so we want to talk to them and show like hey this is what it's like we're 20 i'm 24 you're 30 or 31 31 you're 31 I'm I'm 24. He's 31. So we have some, uh, and like, we have a very different, uh, um, trajectory, not trajectory. Yes. Trajectory too. But we're also in two very different stages of our life. You just had a kid. You're getting married. You have fiance. I'm 24. I'm not married. I'm don't have any kids. Quite the opposite of married. So slanging it. So it's, (laughs) so it's, you know, two different people, but people that have gone through it and Tony in your twenties, you weren't, doing what you're doing now you know you no, did, you did the other side of the wheel my dick off yeah. i was in the rat race bro working 60 hours a week for every job i ever worked i worked like a slave see dude i got in i did like, it for a long time the the uh the blessing i had was social media and i used it in the right way where i would listen to certain people that were talking about how to get out of that rat race back then the big guy that actually got me on to entrepreneurship and sales was ty lopez do you remember him 
Sounds like a lesbian. He used to be like this. He used to take videos with his Lamborghini in the background. Guys, if you oh, want to yeah. make a thousand dollars online and you have walk a around his house in his fucking garage, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And uh, that's the guy who got me onto it, though. I bought his social media marketing agency when I was you got got bro. seventeen. No, bro. See, it people helped. are like, "Oh, he's a scam, a scammer," or we say, "This guy's a scam. This guy's a scam." But like, he taught me things. That I would you have otherwise value, right? not known that I got value from. Yeah, if I didn't yeah. implement it, no, that's what I'm he's saying. a scammer because, oh, I didn't make money like he said. Right, right. But, but you have to apply the What lessons. I learned there and then I learned from another guy and then I learned from another guy and then I learned from another guy. And then finally I make money and I think, oh, it was because of the last person I listened to. No, it wasn't. It was because of all the 50 people you listened to before right, right. that added up. And then this last person might have taught you that perfect lesson. The that one made you thing, get there the but icing. like all of them yeah bro social media marketing agency he was teaching me facebook leads fucking eight years ago yeah if i would have actually done it right buddy, buddy great. millions 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 facebook leads that's how fucking hormozy made all his money was facebook leads so the guy was facebook right leads. the guy was right yeah when i was your age bro i was so close-minded i thought if i just put my head down and work as hard as i can i was gonna make it no nope. yeah what is that's that that's the rat trap that's a whole nother bullshit put that's your head down trap. and just work yeah that's what i thought works, that's what bro. i was taught we just live in a work social as hard world as you can and bring value to where you're working but no 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 no. that would make you the best employee ever and employees don't go anywhere you need to be social butterfly you gotta make friends <laughs> you gotta network you know <laughs> yes so listen final point to Wait, all this no one last thing that we didn't talk about that we're gonna start talking about a lot more on this podcast is depussifying the fucking generation of idiots we have coming up right now guys we gotta stop being so sensitive and stop being such pussies everybody's gotta be a man i'm sick of this fucking toxic toxic masculinity bullshit there needs to be more masculine men out here i keep meeting these guys who look like they shop at Target and tuck it in. It's got to go. We need the shirt's fucking from men. Target. Is it? Yeah, that's rude. I'm from Target. I'm considering doing the, I need a towel. Ripping it off. But seriously, we need we need strong male figures back. I'm fucking sick of this. Oh, toxic masculinity. The same people who are screaming that need a man in their life when shit goes sideways. That's the, the people who are always there to help you. Oh my God, I, well, I'm sick of the toxic men, but you call a police officer, a big man to come save you the, the second something happens or when your fucking house is on fire, who's going to be the masculine guy to run up in there and pull your ass out because you're too scared to open the fucking door. And here's a question I thought about and why I, I've never spoke about this in the podcast, but here's a, here's a big reason why I wanted to start a podcast and why also I like that we're switching this. Is... It the same amount of responsibility for the people that. Mm, how can I put this the right way? Mm, 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 mm. Let me think about how. Let me say this and see if I say it right. The people who would watch. The, the person who watches the guy walk onto the plane. Oh, fuck, that's not a good analogy. Fuck. Trying to think of a good analogy. My point is, and we I'm can gonna make part, a I'm gonna real. Go I'm going to make a reel of Zach trying to figure out his analogy. <laughs> Yo, I love that. <laughs> the people, 100. a lot of people believe the same beliefs we have, but the people that, the small minority that are these extreme beliefs are the loudest ones. So it makes our beliefs seem like it's unique to think that men should be men. You follow what I'm saying? Nope. 
All right, so I gotta come up with a good analogy. Yeah, but, you do. But basically, the people that you hear all over social media are the one percent, the people with those extreme viewpoints of how men shouldn't be uh, masculine and how we should paint our nails, all this stuff. That's a very small percentage of the population that, that are think that. A large but they're voice. the loudest yeah, ones, yeah, so yeah. they get the views. Where yeah. there's a lot, most people that I talk to are like us and just are normal yeah. fucking well, people that's also but nobody speaks machine. up most people that have a platform like shouldn't have a platform they're no. the ones that but they're extremists so they get the views because they have these crazy radical fucking thoughts well, that's because the media machine listening. wants them to have that platform yeah, because they're propagating bullshit that results in a weaker population which is why we are going to do the exact opposite and the media machine is going to hate us for it but I'm sick of this pussy world we're living in where everyone's got to be politically correct. Fuck you. I'm sick of it. That's not how I grew up. It's not how I was raised. It doesn't make a strong person. It doesn't, it's not building valuable people. It's all bullshit. You got to believe it, you know, (laughs) you're fucking shot, bro. I'm feeling, I'm feeling fucking froggish. Like I want to break somebody's skull right now. I'm fucking irritated, bro. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel very violent right now. Um, we need. Well, food. I didn't hear a word you said. I was literally thinking about punching somebody in the throat. What did you say no, about? I didn't say anything. I said that. Listen, the end of today's when episode. you're gonna when when your house is on fucking fire. Actually, when Maui is on fire right now, who the fuck do you think is the firefighters that are going in there saving people's fucking lives? Mm. Grown ass men willing to die to save somebody. Mm. That's how men. Find respect. I work all my fucking life to get respect from people around me. That's how we that's how we want to be seen as respected. We want our wives, our kids, our friends, our family. The biggest thing that we can get out of someone else is for them to say respect, bro. You fucking you're a dog. You're you're a killer. You're whatever it is, right? We want respect. That's why men that's how that's how men operate. Men will die in a fucking trench. And not get out and run away from the bullets because they don't want their peers to call them a bitch for running away. Mm. They will fucking die for respect. Mm. That's how men are. That's because men are built, are born with no inherent value. We have to make our own value in this world. And that's why we work hard to do that. And, and it can get aggressive. And you're calling it toxic masculinity. That's, we built the fucking world. What are you talking we, about? We love and, it. And we did it for women. And children. So, like, what the fuck is toxic about but that? But that's how we get our value is from getting the respect from women and children. Like, we go out to work all these fucking hours to get the respect from women. Well, from our peers as well. But from our that's, peers, that's but yes. all part of it. Yeah. I don't know. This is another right, Are we topic closing we it up? This guy's fucking so too aggressive. Yeah, we got to go get Fucking violent, bro. No, I'm going to give you shit to get mad about. I'm going to give you shit to get mad about. Oh, we have another tonight. segment? You know what we're fuck. doing tonight? You know what we're doing tonight? I'm not. I already texted my boys. Yeah, you're in the chat. You're not even coming. I got my boys coming I'm over. coming over. Shut up. I got my boys coming over. And we're drinking Classe Azul. We're smoking cigars. We're fucking boxing. <laughs> we're beating the shit out of each other in my backyard for respect for no reason <laughs> okay google propagates the uh list of red flags for toxic masculinity dominance oh yeah so you emo- don't want a dominant emotional man. control okay emotional ready? unavailability he's controlling he's manipulative mm. Go ahead. these are all things that women like in men keep reading them watch <laughs> i'm serious keep reading it okay a woman wants a man Aggression. who's dominant 
Yep, a down, and an aggressive man. Women love big aggressive men. Right. All of them. Uh, they, they, I, like you can say you don't, but you're lying. Oh my god, this list is huge. Lies. Overinflates his worth. Struggles to express his emotions. Uses your love against. No, women you. want a man who cries all the time, right? Women are super turned on by a man who's in touch with his emotions and cries regularly, for sure. Makes me feel safe, doesn't it? Homophobia. What? I love fags. <laughs> it has nothing to do with being toxic. You're saying they're toxic for being homophobic? These are traits of a or, toxic masculine man. So being gay is toxic? Those are all no, traits homophobia. of a God-fearing, strong oh, masculine oh, man. scared of gay, or he doesn't like gay people. He's scared. scared. He doesn't like gay he people. He lies. He gaslights you. He overinflates his So word. lying is Some of that shit good, is a right? little, yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody, Some of wa shit nobody wants true. to be with a liar. You need yeah. an honest person. Yeah. Okay. Well, what is it? Let's talk about what does it mean? To be a real man. What traits? Lose your virginity in a three-way in a bathroom. Yes. It wasn't yes. a bathroom. At seven years old. I was 14. Times two. I'm just saying these things so that you guys can uh, negate them. Go ahead. Fight Do Okay, them. here we go. Dominance and emotional control and controlling. Okay, What's so like there's elements of that that are good, but obviously there's a small percentage that can make it bad. Don't play the fence. Yes, you Don't have to be. Shut up. But you have to be. Uh, you have to be emotionally <laughs> controlling. Like, women love when you order their food for them or mm. fucking drive the car. They don't ever want to drive the car. They want to be driven around. They want to. They want to have the element of control. They want to know you're in control. Right. Sarah's favorite thing used to be when I was in. She always says it to me. When you're in control of a situation, I just feel safe. Like I, I can yeah. feel like I just can let go and not give a fuck. Right. That's why you need to be a leader. Like women, women. And that's how we find our. Fucking purpose. That's when we're the happiest. When I'm in control and I know that she knows I'm in control, it makes me feel like I feel good and she feels good. I'm in control, which makes me feel good. And she gets to let loose, which makes her feel good. Hmm. That's dominance. That's emotional control, emotionally controlling. Yeah, I don't understand why they would say that's a... Like, well, you do understand. You just said there's a problem with the society. So, so talk shit about it, you know? Yeah, but like, what do they mean by emotionally controlling? Like telling a woman how to feel? Yeah, I don't know about all that. Know. I don't know. What does that even mean? Okay. I mean, these words are need, need, need to be broken down, you know? Okay. But here, Okay. Unne dominance. Unnecessary and outright rude assertions of dominance are a byproduct of an archaic understanding of masculinity, which is unfortunate. See, that's not... Oh, dominance... Women love dominance. That's an extreme women scenario Women seek a dominant man. That's an extreme scenario of dominance, though. Okay, toxic masculinity becomes some of a somewhat of a buzzword in the 21st century associated with the fourth wave of feminism. Numerous behaviors. Okay. F being physically toughness. <laughs> that's toxic masculinity? That is required for life. Yo, that's out of control. That yeah. that's a negative thing to be That is required. It's out of control. That that like they're literally You tell me a society that has succeeded without physically fucking strong men. No. Tell me one. No. Okay, no, if you're pr possible. if you're prone to engaging in physical violence or have a quick temper in order to portray yourself as a quintessential intimidator. I don't have a fucking quick temper. <laughs> <laughs> The toxic behavior. Imagine a woman saying, no, I don't okay, want to be okay. with a man who's going to defend me. I'd rather he like just let me. Women love out. to make you jealous. This is a good Would one. Would you knock a guy guys. out in a bar for them? This is a good one, guys. Facts. You guys are going to love this line. All right, give it to me. Okay. 
if one uses physical strength or endurance as a metric to judge men around them, that also qualifies guys, them as a pension guys, for violence. Guys, you're telling me, everyone I want, everyone who's watching this video who is a male, who has a penis, that makes you a male in this world. If you have a penis, you comment and tell me when you meet another man, one of the first thoughts that go through your brain is, can yeah, I beat this guy this up? <laughs> that is how we fucking operate. It's so true. We have been wired for thousands of years by fighting other fucking and, males. That that is how we think. If and, you walk into another man, it's the first thought that goes to your brain. Tell me if I'm wrong. Well, and, and then to add to that, if you ask yourself, can I kick this guy's ass? And the answer is no. You instantly respect him a little more. A hundred percent. That's why I don't respect this fucking guy. <laughs> Who the fuck are you talking about? I'll knock you the fuck out, boy. Yeah, okay. You guys have boxed the Minnesota results. These results are online, guys. Go check it out. Zach versus Tony Box. Um, that's boxing. that's crazy. That okay. That's boxing. All right, I'm trying. Right. To, I'm trying to find ones that you guys will be in, like inherently adverse to, because you know this one. I don't know. Let's see. Maybe. Okay. Drink a Celsius okay. on an empty Here stomach. Here we go. Here we go. Sitting with Here your we... legs spread wide open. Here we go. It's because there's balls in there. Here we go. Embracing hyper competitiveness. This particular point is linked to the above mentioned ones as individuals affected by toxic masculinity can equate winning to a reinforcement of their masculinity. Bingo. That's how you get rich. (laughs) (laughs) This overwhelming desire to win can transcend into the formation of a God complex. Furthermore, the need to win can lead to a complete disregard for all moral boundaries by using intimidation tactics to threat. So here's the thing. Hold up. I need to say this. They think whoever wrote that article. Yeah, I'll tell you who, right? So we can. Be I legit. guarantee they have blue hair. H M O H Mag Pack. That's this is an article. Seven signs of succumb to toxic masculinity. I just H-Mag. got so excited, I forgot what the fuck I was gonna say. Can you read that again? Yeah, because embrace, I have a really good point. Embracing hyper competitiveness, God complex, transcending into a formation of God complex, complete disregard for moral boundaries. That right there, complete disregard for moral boundaries. Instead of thinking, how do we teach people? to have moral boundaries, have empathy, treat people the right way, all those good things, and then let them have the ability to be violent in the case that they need to, to protect themselves and family. They just go, don't have any of it, just be a bitch all the time. Instead of saying, here's this, now learn how to control it, and you're gonna be a good person, a good man. You're gonna be able to take care of people around you, you'll protect somebody in need, you'll have the physical ability to fucking do something. Instead, they're just like, don't do any of that, because if you have it, you're not going to be able to control it. Right. It's like a trust issue, like 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 uh, like cast- uh, cutting your dog's balls off, right? They say like, oh, like there's a chance that they'll impregnate other dogs. Oh, there's a chance it'll get cancer. But how about we just try to prevent those things? <laughs> like <laughs> instead of teaching the right way, they're just like, oh, don't do it. Yeah. Just cut it all off. All right. Bro, that, that creates it even more because then you have the curiosity around like, like it's like when you can't have something, that's all you want is to have that thing, you know? But that's how... Sc- Fucking school shooters are made and every, all, all this other really bad people in the world are because they were never taught how to control their emotions. They were just told, don't feel like that. Don't do those things. That's bad. Oh, these are wild, bro. So I'm trying to follow. What okay, you're I'll give you there. I'll give one for you, Tony. Because that was, maybe that was just for maybe that's for Zach. Um, we have risk taking. Men are put under societal pressure of proving themselves and are thus given the license to engage in reckless behavior. In in the for for the twisted definition of being manly. Who wrote this article? Somebody who's H-Mag, completely H Mag Pack out of their fucking H-Mag mind. Pack. Um, 
Okay, financial risks, uh, one's endurance. Okay, mocking a feminine male from displays of blatant sexism to specifically targeting men with effeminate qualities. Doubling down on heteronormative values. It's a clear indication of toxic masculinity. Basically, because... Tony, Tony. I'm just... I'm fuming. I just want to punch whoever wrote that in their uh, mouth. It's, it's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. That's the type of person... Whatever, I'm not even... I'm gonna want to okay, get canceled. Here's another. One. What? What do you mean? You're in control of the narrative. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Give How me about this? One. How about this? Endorsing male entitlement. The underlying driver of male privilege is a sense of entitlement. This seemingly simple feeling of being in a position of entitlement, the position of being the master or leader, subsequently justifies all of the above mentioned topics. You know how, guys? Let me tell you something. Hold up. I'm sorry. What is male let me tell you something. You well, want to know how to be successful? Read this article and do the exact opposite. Facts. Guarantee you make more money than you ever have in your life. You have 100%. a better life than anyone else. Hold on, Tony. This goes against everything you just campaigned for. Endorsing male entitlement means this, uh, this entitlement, this position of being the master or leader is a byproduct of a Nazi-esque innate privilege relating to the idea of being the superior sex. Nazi-esque? Okay, wait a second. <laughs> what? So first of all, like, what? No, don't attack the person who wrote it. We attack the idea. We have to work to be superior, right? So men have... I can't. I'm angry. Damn, it just makes me angry. Damn. We have to control work. your emotions. We have to work Jesus. to have our value, right? So, so to say that we have privilege, we don't even have privilege. Women have the fucking no, privilege. Uh, the entitlement is the position of being the master, which subsequently justifies the all above toxic traits for a byproduct of Nazi-esque innate privilege relating to the idea of being the superior sex. So. We are only superior if we work to be superior. Men have zero value unless they generate it. They have to create it out of nothing, right? Th does that track mm -hmm. with you guys? You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Go, baby, go. So, like, saying that we, uh, I can't, I can't even, I can't. I wish it was that. coming out of someone's mouth that had blue hair, and then you'd be losing it. Yeah. I am losing it just from hearing that. It's it's just look at Zach. Zach is lit, bro. Tony's fucking Mister No Nothing. I'm fucking. I'm like angered at the whole. It goes again. Listen, here's the thing, though. I will say this, okay? I'm reading this for fun to get you guys going. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in your cult, but also like there is other echo chambers that exist that perpetuate completely opposite ideas, and it's definitely important to be cognizant of that. That other people have different ideals because. Because the truth is, the reason why everybody thinks any way, no one is free to have completely free generated mm -hmm. thought, right? So the, the, the truth is, all of these ideas do come from an echo chamber of media consumption. So whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's Zach, whether it's, it's Matt, everybody has their own echo chamber of media consumption that's creating these ideas and thought patterns. Now that's listen, true. I will tell you, I purposely go and seek the, the opposite of my thoughts. So like... I want to hear the other side of the argument. I'm not someone, which this is how we got in this situation in the first place is by not hearing the other person's argument. I want to hear what the other person has to say, but then I read shit like that and it makes zero sense to me. Right. I don't understand how that can make sense to someone. Okay. While that we're that on the, should be normal. While we're on the point of like, okay, well, listen, let's listen. This, this line of idea, this, this is, this is not Chinese. 
I mean, there the the logic exists here. Like, okay, like so, when I listen to Anthony Weiner debate PBD, I'm not completely adverse to Anthony Weiner's point of view. His last name is Weiner. He's not allowed to have points of view. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he's not he's not completely stupid, right? So he has these ideas about like Hillary Clinton, right? And I'd love to hear Tony's take if you watched it, but if you didn't, then don't. I didn't watch that part. I didn't but see that part. Like, like it's just like an it's a perspective, and you know what? His perspective did make me think. Okay, you know, uh, PBD is propagating conspiracy theories by saying, "Hey, this is what PBD will do," and this is just for the adverse point of view for you guys for fun. PBD will be like, "I'm not gonna talk about this, and I'm not gonna talk about this, and I'm not gonna talk about this," and then he'll talk about one point. But by him doing that, he's actually propagating like all of those things he said not about, right? Correct. And Anthony Weiner used that as a tool to say, hey, listen, you are actually like exposing millions of viewers to these conspiracy theories and influencing people to show up at a pizza restaurant with an AK-47. And the truth is like you guys can be, you know, we can be trusted with like these kind of like information packets. But like some people are off the fucking medication and end up reacting crazy because of these ideals that we sometimes uh, yeah, but it's always the left that is doing the radical things when did you see a guy who's uh standing up for his mosque out fucking shooting kids in a school it's never that it's always the fucking psychotic liberals who are doing these crazy Ooh, things that's because a good, hold up. they're I, mentally weak we need to do research and find out how many school shooters are republican compared to how many school shooters are well they're all they're white all, men tell you that not. They're the last all one white was men. a transgender fucking maniac. Well, if he's transgender, then he's probably a white man, right? No, it was a woman who thought it was a man. Oh, well, okay, that's probably one unique case. But I'm saying that like 99% of serial killers are white men, and 99% of school shooters like are white men. Some of those masculine traits, like yeah, you can't have insane ego entitlement because then you will fucking become Hitler. You'll be the fucking Nazi-esque thing that they were talking about. When you have extreme entitlement and greed and you have all those negative things. But I think the general populace of countries and of people are actually good people. And when you're a good person, you're not going to do all that bad shit. The ego is a good thing if you're a good person. And money only makes you more of what you already are. When I got more money, I became more giving, more friendly. I wanted to help more people. So I was taught, Tony's yawning. Fuck, yep. we got to end this thing right here. Yeah. But well, I think we're just going so, in loops. We're ah, fucking right. Yo, road. there was a Whatever. comment today that was hilarious. Uh, what was the comment? we're getting comments every literally 20 minutes on uh, the post with your dad. And we're going to do a part two of that. Your dad talking about. Um, this guy is out of his fucking mind right divorce. now. But someone said, let's see. I got five. See if it's still in the recents because we're literally getting comments every hour. This is crazy. Give me that SLR. Never mind. You took too long. I don't want it anymore. All right. Yo, listen up. Here's my pro tip for life. If you listen to this, I, well, I shouldn't say I guarantee. If you listen to this, there's a good chance you'll make a lot of money. Well, Everything yeah. that you buy needs to be orange. Trust me. You're fucking out of your mind. Yo, go if you Trust want you guys me. hey hey Trust me that anyone listening out there, if you want to have a fucking field day, go to our post with Glenn Dingy. The title is Staying in a Marriage for Your Kids. There's three hundred and twenty two comments of debate. Holy The post fuck. has been shared, shared five hundred and sixty four times, and there's three thousand likes. I think it has like two hundred thousand views. If you want a Pops fucking field famous. day of debate, go check that out. Pops is famous. That clip alone and our clip with Damon John 
roasting us are that, and that's then, on the gram yeah and then that one with and then there's one with ian bick that's up there as number three those are the main drivers for our instagram growth which we got to two thousand followers in like two months so i think or maybe four months so that's a great um there's another clip you guys out there if you want to check it out of roasted by the shark damon uh with ten thousand likes 500 shares and 73 comments of debate so nice bottom of your shoes comments of debate